Hi, welcome to the Alex Moss Show. I'm your guest, Adam Jabay, joined by Abram Schmucker. Hey, Alex. Hey, thanks Alex. for having us on the show. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Always a pleasure to have you guys. Yeah. This, this is the part of the show where we talk about DT, DCTS 2000s, and then Dewey clicks the off button on his podcast app. <laughs> so uh, we, we didn't get a chance to do it, but Alex, I was really hoping that you did a DCTC test or a DCT test day uh, at DCTC to check out to make sure that your DCT was working properly. That's too many letters, man. <laughs> yeah we didn't what's the name of that technical college track thing you have dctc yeah dctc it's really really confusing <laughs> yeah we were gonna we were trying to rent dctc to have a dct test oh didn't work out but it, it didn't work out so we went to barber instead oh. and uh so we had the best away. time and uh i i will say that i was um kind of back into like the beginner mindset in, in some ways, like I traveled light on purpose uh, because all of my buddies have trailers that have all the stuff that I would ever need. Um, and I like, I needed to use a paper towel from Moss's trailer. And he was like, <laughs> you didn't bring that. What's wrong with you? As if like asking for a paper towel was like some kind of cardinal sin. So uh, all those times that I made Moss feel bad for not driving fast enough, I think he's he's now making me feel bad for not preparing better. Yeah, sounds like so unprepared. <laughs> Abe spent half a day changing his brakes. Uh, he told he me it, was, it took it took forever, and he's like, "Yeah, the fronts were super easy, and at the backs." And I'm like, "Why'd you change the backs?" <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does that on a Honda Civic. They just buy a semi-metallic from AutoZone. And call it I don't good. know anything about Honda Civics, man. Like now I do. Yeah, uh, you missed like two sessions for your brakes, and then you were spending no, another missed, two sessions charging well, your car up. Oh, fucking. How God many sessions were there at this? There thing? were a lot. I think there were there five like each 20, day. 25 sessions. Jeez. So uh, in the morning, we missed two sessions because we were busy clearancing the rear tires, which yeah. in part were be, uh, was because the tires are really wide uh, and the internet said they would fit, but they don't. But I think that was complicated by the fact that my rear shocks were, I mean, basically dead. So like mm -hmm. the, the ass end of the car was sagging quite a bit, and I imagine it wouldn't have been a problem if things were fresh. Shocks don't hold the car up; springs do. Well, I mean, hey, I Alex, Abe doesn't know how cars work. I don't know how cars work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> know that. I did notice in the one picture that the back of that, the, the, like, you do have a little bit of the trophy truck stance going on. The back car, back of the car is a little low. Yeah. So. Uh, you and I were talking about uh, coilover suspensions and things to go on to the Civic. Um, maybe someday. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to live a little bit cheaper right now, so um, maybe someday. Yeah, no fancy boy life right now, huh? Not really. So, Speaking um, of fancy boy. Yeah, Alex, huh? Uh, we, we've talked about your, uh, your S2000, the green Super K, a few times. You've been on the show three or four times talking about it, and now it's yes. got a... Now it's got a DC. I'm going to say it wrong now that we've said so many letters. DCT from a BMW. In right. It. Yeah. And uh, it's mostly tuned, and you did a track thing with it. Um, yeah, I, I, it? I wouldn't say it's mostly tuned. It's it's maybe like 15% tuned. 
you know, like, like the, it's like an engine that the full throttle pulls are done, and now it's yeah. all the drivability and making it work properly all the rest of the time that, that still needs to be done. So with, with um, the trans controller, do you have to like pretty much map out every everything about everything, or like? Yep. Yeah. So you have so for each shift. So so yeah, we put in this um, uh, transmission from BMW M4, um, which is a seven-speed semi-automatic dual-clutch transmission, essentially. Um, that that I had a very similar transmission on my old um, 2011 M3, and absolutely loved it. And it was always a dream to kind of put one in S2000, and, and here we are. So the the real piece of the puzzle that made it possible is this um, transmission controller from a company called HTG. Um, and it's essentially a standalone ECU, but it's a GCU for your gearbox. So it, it, it controls the transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, and you tune it kind of the same as you would for um, a tune an engine. You know, you've got a whole bunch of tables. And that where you're tuning things like your clutch pressures and your clutch rise times and fall times and crossovers and overlaps and pressure multipliers and your temperature um, adjustment tables, temperature compensation tables and all of that kind of stuff. Um, And you're controlling, you know, how that that transmission behaves uh, under all these different conditions, all these different loads. to try and make it shift nicely. Um, and so we've got to the point where um, full throttle shifts and, and high load shifts are really, really nice. High load up shifts. Um, high load, I guess not really high load, but, but you know, hard braking down shifts are pretty nice, but need, still need a little bit of work. And then all the low load, like cruising around the paddock stuff, um, is really embarrassing right now because it, it just looks like you can't drive a car. What does it do? Is it just like clunk and lurch? It, or it, what it bucks it a lot. Like, uh, imagine a car. It, it's not the same, but like, you know the drivability of like a car, a drift car with like a welded diff or something? Like, yeah. in the paddock, it just doesn't do things that it, it like, the paddock performance doesn't match the on-track performance, I guess. That's so weird. It, 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 <laughs> is, there, is there no, like, uh, you can't just be like, hey, uh, Internet forum from 2010. Anybody got a map <laughs> for my BMW seven speeds DCT? <laughs> right. There's there's none of that yet. It's so new and so um, cutting edge, I guess that that yeah. That we were we we're starting um, from scratch. There's no base maps or anything like that. So nothing. Huh? You know. Yeah. So so we're trying to like take up is one of the things that that you're trying to um, configure, right? And and that is how much clutch pressure when you're trying to get moving um, right. to get the clutch to slip properly and get it to take up smoothly. Well, at, you've decided, let's say, 1,200 RPM, and that's when you want the car to start moving. Um, so what's the same clutch pressure? Is it 5? Is it 10? Is it 80? You, you just don't know. Um, so you're kind of <laughs> guessing at all of that stuff that's and great. what you end up is, you know, you, you get take-up working well, so it takes right. off smoothly, and then as soon as it goes out of take-up mode, it slams the clutches together, and then, you you know, the car just lurks and lurches and does a, a little mini burnout. <laughs> That's so, so wild, man. It, has nobody used this controller before? 
Uh, yes, people people have used it, but I would guess, you know, there's maybe a dozen cars in the world running like running well on this right now. Really? Um, so there's just not that much knowledge out there, and and that's, it's changing. That's, that's crazy. Right. And and it's changing really fast as well. So they for a while they were releasing new versions of the firmware. Um, you know, every two or three weeks, and that required a retune then. Um, and it, and then there's new features that come in. So there's this, there's, um, they introduced anti-stall. So you've got basically a table that says below these RPMs, I just want the clutches always disengaged no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's like secret other rows that got added. So they released this new um, firmware and we're trying to troubleshoot some problems. And they said, well, what's in row two of, of anti-stall? And say, well, what do you mean row two? This we've seen no reference to row two anywhere ever before. And it's like, oh yeah, you gotta do row two now. And so we we're putting in row two. So there's a lot of two steps forward, one step back, and there's a lot of really trying to figure stuff out. Um, you know, it's it the there's so little knowledge out there. Some tables, I think it's percentage-based tables, you can't just type numbers into the tables. You've got to use um, increment and decrement keys, which are P and L, but that's not documented anywhere. So we just kind of had to figure that out, and and we figured it out by uh, being frustrated that I couldn't type in the number ten into a, a cell. So I just literally banged on the keyboard, saw a value change. It's like, oh, well, there must be this other mechanism for for updating those values, not just typing directly in. And, and that, at the time, was not documented anywhere. Like, there's no instruction manual. Like, here's how to do this. No, no instruction manual. But it's being built now. They've got um, a wiki that they're building, and some knowledge is, is going on to that. But it was a lot of just figuring it out. What, what, have so, the other, what have the other people that are running this done? Have they just done the same thing? Well, so the owner, I think so, um, the owner of the company, the CEO, he goes off and tunes um, cars. So I think some of them were tuned by him. Okay. Um, some of them, um, people just figured them out. And, and there's a lot of, everything's done by feel as well. There's very little, like, to know when you've got it right. You just kind of have to feel it. Right. Um, so it's it's it would be almost impossible to remote tune a car. You kind of have to be in the car to, to tune it. Right. Um, and, and I experienced some of it, you know, Andy's done most of the tuning, but I did some of it. Um, so I did some of the take up tuning and, and got that working really nicely um, on the dyno and, and unit using the dyno was super helpful there. Cause you could just, you know, slowly increment the values until the wheels just started to roll. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you know, okay, well, I'm in the the general area of where I need to be for these clutch pressures. Interesting. So the the other thing that's kind of nerve wracking about it that you know I'm not an engine tuner, so I don't know for sure, but one of the things I think that is different and nerve wracking about it can compared to engine tuning is, you know, if if you're tuning an engine and it does something funky, you can push the clutch in right, and and the engine will just do its thing. This you know, if, if you get something wrong, like if you do a big increment instead of a small increment, um, you just push clutches together and that car's going to take off. Um, so it's, yeah, that, that part's always a little bit nerve wracking as well. Yeah. You gotta, 
be careful what's in front of you, huh? Right, right. First time loading it in the trailer on this was kind of nerve-wracking, like, like, behave, don't you dare take off on me as I pull into the trailer, you know? It's <laughs> so weird. Yeah, this is, uh, when, when you sent me a video a, a little bit ago of it, like, you know, burping flames on the dyno and stuff, and I think you posted that video. Yeah. Um, I, got, I got so excited because it was like, uh, like finally something totally different, but like also totally street worthy and, and unique and, uh, uh, theoretically like strong, uh, like you're, you're making the car more reliable, uh, which is, you know, that's an argument for this because like you've shredded a lot of S2000. It is an argument, but, uh, there, there are some <laughs> other podcasts that we also enjoy, <laughs> Uh, that spent a lot of time talking about how the reliability argument is bogus, no, but, I, I but I do but, but tend like, to disagree this, with their opinion. The, the, <laughs> that, that wasn't a, that wasn't a reason why you know multiple years ago we put this in as an allowable option. Uh, the reason was because a DCT equipped BMW well, or like, Porsche bought could be in street mud. So we we're like, well, I mean, maybe maybe everybody gets to use those trains, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah so and, yeah so, but i i think it's so cool to see the groundbreaking and like uh like the changes of this build like it's to me it's like the it's the, it's like the it's one of the most interesting things that i've seen well in, it's just like it's fresh right i, I think yeah, alex in, in would in say years, that putting like, putting a dog box in would be or even a sequential would be both cheaper and easier um but well, like, sequentials are pretty expensive. <laughs> but, but at the yeah. same time, like uh, what what's being done here is is really really unique, and you can imagine a scenario where if all the tuning gets done perfect, that a person that loves their S two might just put this in and street drive it. Yeah, like just into a daily car. So it, 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 to me, it, like the the bleeding edge of like of the hobby is is so fascinating. And this is like this is a bleeding edge that nobody's like really done before because it's such a new technology, you know. It is, yeah. It's so. it's something that's that's really been enabled by this. Um, and uh, I know the Subaru guys all control. think that Abe and I are fucking idiots. No, they uh, definitely think that. Um, yeah, but, but so uh, <laughs> I, I will say that. I mean, it's it's cliche, but necessity is the mother of invention, right? And I would argue with those Subaru guys who uh, even eight months ago said that their trans was perfect and it was bulletproof and there's no reason, like, why would you want any other trans? This is exactly what you need. Um, right. But it just, it just takes the right uh, necessity and opportunity to solve a problem for another chassis here. So, like... Uh, I, I think it's absolutely fair to say that S two thousand chassis for or excuse me S two thousand trans and diffs at four hundred to six hundred horsepower are not they're not good right like no. they they will run and then they will break um, and like it or not your car is in large part also being built for one lap of America right so so reliability actually is important um, and you wouldn't make this choice uh, you wouldn't. Uh, let's see, give up reliability to put a faster trans in. Right, right. So, so yeah, so the, the, the reliability argument has been um, somewhat mischaracterized, um, I, I think. You know, 
the fact is that our power level so if you look at time attack car um no time attack car is is 100 reliable we all have an acceptable level of reliability that that we're all happy with um for the s2000 that level for us was probably like 450 wheel horse and we were trying to run at 500 which meant we were breaking diffs and we were making breaking trans fairly frequently um if we go and put in a bulletproof trans on a pure um time attack car you're not going to then say okay well it's bulletproof we, we've taken our reliability down so or, or up to the point where we're not going to get any failures you say well now we can push it harder and we've just taken to the point where we're ex we've got an acceptable number of failures to maybe not 450 wheel horse but but seven eight hundred wheel horse and, and that's just the way time attack is right we're all going to push it until we get to that acceptable failure level so we needed we wanted to run more power or we wanted to continue to run the power we are making um eventually we'd like to run more power um and to do that we had to replace the trans so so reliability is 100 percent the reason the honda s2000 trans and the honda s2000 diff came out of our car so once we've said s2000 trans s2000 diff isn't going to cut it anymore we started looking around for what was going to go in um and nobody who's pushing hard is going to go and say give me the first option what's my first option that could go in there and and solve that need we're going to look at all of the potential options and pick the best option and so that's what we did so so 100 the reason the old driveline came out was for reliability um 100 the reason this driveline went in is because it was the best performing driveline or we thought it would be the best performing driveline that would be legal and meet our um, reliability needs and it just so happens that for the the one lap of america thing um huge bonus there too because we can street drive it and put it in auto mode and all that kind of stuff your car is going to be so wild on one lap of america yeah that'd um, be kind of nice actually Automatic, could, automatic mode, just cruise. It's probably going to be better than it was last year, um, when you know the 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 exhaust is a lot quieter. Even though we got the side exit exhaust rather than the rear deck, rear exhaust, it's a lot quieter than it was last I year. I can comment that well. maybe the driver's side is quieter. Um, the passenger side is not particularly quiet. Yeah, he, it was so loud. It <laughs> was so loud when it was supercharged. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, that's going to be better for us. I, I think that there uh, is um, people on the internet sometimes get sidetracked and they perceive how easy something is based on what they see. Um, but this swap is, has not been an easy one and it's been one that you guys have put forth a tremendous amount of work to be able to do. Um, yeah. How many, how many hours do you think have been spent even getting to this point? Um, well, I hope Andy doesn't listen to this cause I might get a bill for all the hours. Um, but my guess is, so we've been working on this, um, in parallel to the, the rest of, you know, the, the development of the car on the old drive train happened over the last two years. But, um, this, has been actively being worked on for um, almost two years now um, between researching, designing, 
figuring stuff out, you know, all that kind of stuff. My guess is we've got 1,500 or so hours invested in this project. What? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's there's been a lot, a lot of work going into this. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of it's kind of boring work, um, trying to trying to figure stuff out. And, and, and a lot of the work happens before, you know, we turned a wrench on the car. Um, but there's there's been a lot of time, a lot of effort that's that's gone into this. Getting parts machines. I mean, like, like so we we had the controller, which kind of made everything this all possible, right? But we still had to get um, an adapter um, for the the engine to the transmission, figuring out which adapters would work there. Um, and you guys, you guys had to like design that from scratch, right? Like Andy was using uh, cardboard aided design or something to like, just get it to work. Uh, the, no, the, the trans adapter, we found one, uh, thanks to BMW's, uh, standardization, um, that worked. So we got one of those from PMC, but, but what we didn't have was something for the flywheel. So to get the, you know, to mount the crank to the input shaft of the trans. Um, so we custom designed that and had that uh, custom made. So that's a hundred percent one-off piece that's in the car. Um, that that basically the flywheel. That's crazy. Yep. And then you know we've got the diff in this. We've got a Ford eight eight diff now instead of the the S two thousand diff, and then the custom drive shaft, which you know apparently wasn't too difficult, um, and all that stuff. So yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of time, effort, money, all that stuff wrapped up in this. I don't know project. what I was expecting, uh, but when I was in the car, I, I guess I was kind of surprised to see, even at Barber, uh, you engaging six gear on on a track that, you know, does isn't known for long straights. Um, you know, will there be an instance where you need to hit seventh? Do you expect? Uh, on some of the bigger tracks, uh, I expect so. Well, <laughs> so there's so the 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 DCT. This was going to make people mad. I think. Um, do you want to talk like about something less controversial, the election or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, straight controversy will be fine for this one. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's essentially four different transmissions that or DCT transmissions that BMW makes. And those are broken up into um, the bell housing design and the the gear set that's in it. So there is the inline six bell housing and the V8 bell housing. The inline six is used on all that inline six cars like the 335, the um, FADM3, all those kinds of things. Then the V8 bell housing is used on the E92 M3 and, and the later M5s. And then the short ratio and long ratios in both of those um, gearboxes. Mm -hmm. So what we have right now is the um, the long ratio inline six um, transmission in that, and that will give us at eight thousand RPM at, in seventh gear something like one hundred and ninety-two mile an hour top speed theoretical. That's a lot. Um, Right. So I don't probably, see us using seventh no. gear on that. No. It's yes. No. Now, here's where the, the fun part comes in. Um, one thing we have discovered is, or Andy has discovered, 
is that because you don't have a physical clutch mechanism, um, you do not have a physical shift mechanism um, going into the trans. Um, all you have is a big, you know, 40k, 40 wire connector that goes into it, um, and six, seven bolts. That trans comes out in about 15 minutes once it's on the lift. <laughs> so the short ratio uh, gearbox in uh, red line in seventh gear is like 143 miles an hour or something like that. Oh wow, that's which a huge difference. Should be pretty good for Gingerman um, and Barber and those kinds of tracks. Um, and then a long ratio for Road America and NCM and all those tracks. So we are going to prep both kinds of trans to be able to go in and out of the car depending on the track we're going to. What what are, what are they what are they costing in the used market? Is this like a a really expensive thing, or is this this thing cost eight dollars? Like, what's it cost? <laughs> the transmissions themselves are not too bad. Um, so the 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 expensive ones are the M transmissions. So the the one that's in the car now was about two thousand uh, dollars okay. shipped. Um, the inline six, so like getting a, an old three thirty five or one thirty five um, transmission, we're getting those for about twelve hundred right now. Oh wow. And how many do you have? So, I I have four. <laughs> um, and Andy, so Andy, <laughs> Andy's like got a lot of orders in for people who want to do the swap now. Yeah. Um, so he's got at least four of his own that are being prepped and sent out to customers. And That's wild. Things like that. Well, like, so. but I, I think you've kind of already said that, you know, this isn't, it's not done yet. So for, for those folks that are like basically, you know, putting in deposits or, or saying that they want to do these things, do those, do those folks know that there's like, you know, still work left yet to do? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's, there's a car that's, um, not, doesn't go to grid life, but goes for a lot of track events. Um, that's an S 2000. It's kind of followed behind, um, uh, Super K, every time, you know, we do something on Super K, it's like, okay, we want to do that. And and it's usually before we're done. Once we've got the, the um, we've got a certain amount of confidence that it's going to work. And it's like, okay, well, I want to do it. Let's, I want to be the next one. So, so that car is going to get one. Um, and yeah, they're well aware that, that it's not, you know, a hundred percent finished yet. <laughs> will, will, uh, will your tune work on a different car motor wise or like power plant wise like how flexible is the tune i don't we don't know um is the answer to that uh we don't know if like i i, I don't even know if on my car so i've got two of the transmission that's in the car right now identical you know the the same ratios and all that i don't know that the tune will cross over 100 percent between the two right um I guess it probably depends on like clutch wear and, and things like that. But I, yeah, we don't know yet. Cause um, we haven't tried it. <laughs> and will the short ratio, long ratio, well, is that, does that any different tune? Do you know or no? Don't know yet, but it shouldn't be. I, I wouldn't have thought it would be. Um, the only difference between those two is the, like the internally, the way it shifts. So right. if you, you have to select in the controller which of whether you're using short ratio and long ratio, and if you get it wrong, um, 
like if you pick short ratio, it will shift like one, two, four, six, three, five, seven. Or, oh. You know, something like that. It, 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 that's not the exact shift pattern, but it, it goes in this yeah. weird order. Um, so when so people, they're, they're like mechanically different, huh? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. What a crazy freaking pain in the ass thing. <laughs> so um, been... I did get the chance to go out with you at Barber. Of course you did. Well, uh, <laughs> Finch was out driving the Civic, and so I, I jumped in the passenger seat. And um, my my experience, and, and I'm by no means an expert, um, my experiences was that the upshifts were very crisp, um, and when the car was going straight, uh, they felt fantastic. Um, but when you were making gear changes with the wheel turned and kind of accelerating, uh, to me and, and for my own experience as a driver, uh, I felt like you could just, you could feel the tail end just kick a little bit, um, with every gear change. Right. And that's probably not all that different from when you're driving it even now, but like for me, I'm a little bit more timid with rear wheel drive stuff. So like those things and the, the gear changes, I remember, uh, downshifts with the wheel turned under braking could get the rear to kick a little bit. And I think you drove, you drove around them. Uh, great. But I think those could be two areas where like maybe there's a situational uh, table or something that says, you know, if the wheel is turned or you have this kind of power input, then behave differently. Is that like an option? Yeah, I think so. Um, so certainly some of the tables you can add as the access. Um, and we have CANBUS, the GCU has CANBUS input. So we could, you know, send a, a steering angle signal into it. Um, and then anything that, that allows us to add as the access, we could add steering as the access and soften up the, the shifts potentially. Um, I think we're a little bit away, you know, uh, we're ways away from doing that yet. There's a lot more low-hanging fruit um, for that. So, so for yeah. me, a lot of that's probably just like the actual smoothing out of the upshift and downshift, right? Right. So, so for me, we've got three really big things, or, or three things in order to to kind of address for it to be 100% ready for time attack competition. Um, those are the cooling. Um, we're overheating it way too fast right now which is it really should be no big surprise because um we didn't pay really we we paid you know token attention to to cooling in that it there's these uh ports in the trans to flow coolant or, or the oil through a cooler so since there were ports there rather than plug them we attached a hose to them and ran them through a, a heat exchanger but didn't pay any attention to you know getting air to that heat exchanger or anything like that um frankly, because we thought cooling would be the last of our worries on this, this first trip. So that's, that's thing number one that needs to how, get How fixed. fast did it get hot? Like how quick? Uh, it can, it could do, I think four laps to the point where it gets a critical temperature. Okay. Um, but it was four laps, uh, at really low boost. I was shifting at around 6,000, 6,500 RPM. Um, so not, really not pushing the car at all so that thing needs um, some cooling huh yeah yeah so so that that we need to fix the next thing we need to fix is the downshifts um as abe mentioned that we were getting a little bit of not really not locking of the wheels because you know you can't lock the wheels but but under rotation of the rear wheels right. uh, on downshift sometimes and that is 
that would be hard to drive around um, in competition. And then and the third thing, and potentially like hard on equipment too, like you could break stuff. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and then the third thing that we know of right now is, is like I mentioned, the upshifts smoothing those out would be ideal. Um, although if we didn't get to that, um, I, I, I could drive around that pretty easily. I think. Well, I'm trying to think of the number of places that we drive that have. Uh, a corner layout that's kind of like uh, two, three, four at Barber, where you know you're still turning in quite a lot, but you're back on power to climb that hill. Um, you know, I, I have no idea how many of the courses that we would run, you'd run into a situation like that. But that uh, I think that's the place that like stood out the most to me, where it's like you still got the wheel turn, but you're on power and you need that upshift there because you can't climb to the top of the hill in that same gear. Yeah. Yeah, so so we, we gotta fix those things. Um the the throttle blipping as well. So so we're having to work around Infinity doesn't really give us good um options for throttle blipping, so we're kind of working around that um as well. Uh so so that's something that's going to be somewhat challenging. But you know, first first test, we took it out. Um we were there I think for seven or eight sessions before we packed up to go home and the car made it out on track seven eight sessions um it pulled into the pits on its own on all of those sessions um so i couldn't really have asked for much more from you know first test with all this being that's, that's an opportunity to make a comment to say that uh you guys um th this january event is one that you have done for several years but yeah. it is always with purpose and I don't know how many competitors uh, in street mod or otherwise, you know, take the off season, put this kind of work in, um, but then come out ready, uh, f you know, with a plan for this kind of testing. Right. Um, that, that's something like I guess the discipline and the, the rigor uh, that you guys approach this, I think, is really uh, respectable. Yeah, it's. Um... It sounds, it sounds uh, utterly terrible. Like it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, one of the things that, that ever since I got into this, you know, my, I think the second big event I went to, um, was speed ring. Um, and I don't know, it would have been the second or oh, the first speed ring, I think. Um, yeah, it was the first speed ring and the can jam oh, guys came down. That was a wild couple days. Right. So the can jams came down and we watched the, the professionalism of the way they approached um, putting a, a time attack car on track, and and we are certainly nowhere near the the can jam level of professionalism, but it's something we certainly aspire to. Um, so we do try and make every every lap count. Um, we do, you know, Andy Andy especially um, refuses to test major changes in competition, like like every big thing that we've gone to competition in um has been tested on a test day and proven on a test day um so you know we well i mean you know, um it's awfully expensive to go to a competition event and uh have your shit break on the first session right like it i i know that it happens um but yeah. some of it is preventable i think I, it can be, and, and we've had the car fail um, in competition as well. I mean, at Speed Ring, we had a diff go. We've had 
uh, a diff blow up at, at Gingerman, and we've had a transmission let go at Autobahn. Um, so you know, it's not that it's not like we're bringing a bulletproof car to these events, but we know how the car works when we show up, and we know uh, what to expect from it generally. Yeah. So. But testing, yes, testing is also expensive and testing wears things out too. So there's pluses and minuses, but it, it usually you go faster when the car's dialed. So. Yeah. So we've kind of, certainly in the run up to, to doing one lap where or I was a little bit nervous of, you know, doing it. We did a test event at, um, at Blackhawk Farms like three days before the start of, of uh, one lap. And I was kind of nervous about that. And, and it was kind of put into perspective, you know, if, if we are wearing the car enough that it would break during one lap, it would have broken during one lap anyway. Right. Uh, so, so you know, we kind of we want to test everything, um, and yeah. fortunate enough that we've got someone who will who will then pull the car apart and inspect it and make sure it's good. And yeah, yeah. With three to days to go, inspect. that's like uh, that's two rebuilds for Andy. Like. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, you know. So I don't remember I, if we talked about this. Andy did the clutch job on my Civic, start to finish in two hours. Um, yeah, that's because you were there watching him. Um, if you if you'd stayed at the hotel, it would have been like an hour and a half. That's probably yeah, true. Well, it did. <laughs> um, um, so I, I got a question. Um, so you drive a car on track, you're rowing the gears, you're pushing the clutch in and all that stuff. And like, everybody likes to celebrate the manuals and like save the manuals and all that stuff. Um, what says you now, Alex? <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's all about, it's, it's a tough question to answer. Um, is it still I, fun? Like, does much... it change it? Like, uh, oh no! Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. A good, I think, a good transmission is is makes it fun. Whether it's a an automatic transmission um, or a, or a manual transmission, you know, I haven't. When you when people talk about that, they talk about um, you know comparing a manual to an automatic and and the last start and things like that. Nobody seems to look at Ferris's car. Um, or any of the other, you know, big sequential cars and go, ah, but he's not using the clutch. Right. You know, it's, so I, we get the, I, I think it's fun. I certainly found it's, it's a huge novelty. Um, but I, in my M3, I loved the transmission. I thought it was fantastic. It was, um, I, it was everything I wanted, which is why I wanted it in this car. Um, or in an S2000. I also had an Evo 10 MR that had oh, yeah. a dual clutch transmission, and that transmission was tuned horribly, and I hated it. And it it was like soft and slow, and didn't give you that like that kick that that you were talking about, Abe, on the upshifts. You didn't get any of that. It was just like a slow rev drop, like it was dragging the clutches, and yeah, I I, I hated it in that, but. With that said, um, it was fun in, when we were at NOLA going out in my other S2 um, and rowing through the gears the whole time. Like in Super K, rowing through the gear, there's so much going on. It's such, that car at full tilt is is intense and it's a rush. And, and it's got to the point 
where you, I don't think you can learn and improve as a driver in that car. You've just got to go in and drive it because you don't get much time in it. And there's so much going on that you, you can't really think about it. You have to, you have to almost go by muscle memory when you're driving that car. Whereas driving a slower car, like driving a, the trainers or, or my other S2, um, you have time to focus on the driving and improving and thinking about what you're doing and, and uh, thinking about building the muscle memory that you'll then go and use in the fast car. You know, I, um, this, this is not my, my shared experience with him, but like, I'll, I'll talk about Brandon Ranvec, uh, who has a really, really fast Evo nine. Um, it's, it's spectacularly beautiful. It is a fantastic autocross car. It's a very fast track car. Um, but in some ways it's kind of a beast of burden and, uh, Things break on it uh, at that power level, and it, it's, again, this thing that you don't get to drive very much. Um, seeing Brandon uh, now driving his S54 swapped E36, um, he's like on cloud nine the entire weekend because the car just runs perfect for two days. Um, and uh, quite surprisingly, or maybe not to some, car's insanely fast and i think in part it was just because he's had an excellent opportunity to just turn as many laps as he wants and really kind of uh mesh with that car there's something to that like putting time yeah on. yeah for sure for sure i i find that like when i get take super k for a weekend Every session, every lap is is just a complete rush and like an adrenaline rush. And you get to the end of the weekend and you think, man, I wish I could have got more laps in because you can't, you just can't do that many laps. Um, when I take, when I get to drive trainer, like when we went to Eagles Canyon last year and I did like, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, 20 minute sessions over two days. By the end of the two days, you know, it's you're kind of like I wish the car had a bit more. I you know I've I've kind of not not saying I've got everything there is to get out of that car, but I kind of plateaued as a driver. I'm not improving, um, and you don't get the adrenaline rush from driving it. So you 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 get your fun then out of going and chasing like Porsches and Corvettes and stuff like that. The um, this 2000. So on on track tune, I'm going to do a little bit of data analysis and write up. Uh, having Finch with me in the car made it so that I had a benchmark um, because Finch is a good driver and uh, he's known for driving other people's stuff and he does so safely, but he's generally very quick. Um, you know, up until and through Saturday, he and I were uh, of remarkably similar pace. And I, I kind of just like let him know that we were similar. And, uh, on Sunday, I think he improved by like three and a half seconds and I improved by a second. And so uh, <laughs> now I have um, our Apex Pro data to, to look at and see what my car is capable of. And so, you know, even if I was plateauing as a driver, um, I still know that there's, there, there is room to gain because it's, it's there. I, I can see it on the data. So for me, that'll be the next challenge the next time we go back to Barber. Everybody thinks that they get all everything out of the car and until they hand the keys to like Tom uh, to somebody. Really <laughs> good. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, I know that feeling like, uh, I like before time attack, before we did any time attack stuff, I had like 
my Civic was kind of a time attack car. It was temperamental. You could get a lap and a half in, you know, it was 500 or 400 wheel horsepower, you know, did burnouts in fifth gear. Um, and I get a lap and a half in, man, that was, it was super fun. But uh, it also sucked coming in when there's coolant all over the windshield and you got to like clean right. everything off. <laughs> uh, and then I like, and then I got in our lemons car, our 88 wheel horsepower first gen CRX on unkillable tires and nothing ever got hot, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, you could do as many laps as you wanted. And then you learn and you, f- and you feel that car out and then you try and things and like 25 minute sessions go by. Like there's, you know, is there more? Like, I think, I, I think I got it all, you know? Yeah. And, and that, that, uh, that's a thing that happens, you know, like you feel like you get it all, but there's always something more. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, so, it, I, I know that feeling. That's That's the fun part of the hobby though, is where you're really right. working on yourself and you're trying to mesh with the car. I, I ended up yeah, showing it to both of you guys already, but I did some voiceover, uh, of like the, the actual, uh, replaying the lap in the Apex Pro software and talking about how um, our pace differs uh, between Finch and I. And frustratingly, um, Moss said that I should look at the time delta between the two, uh, the, the, between the two traces as a function of distance. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, on previous laps, there were extended stretches where, like, he wasn't pulling on me at all. Um, but when I compare our best laps of the weekend, it's like a, you know, it's a diagonal line, just like increasing time the entire way. And I was like, okay, well, like, <laughs> I just got to go faster. Just go faster everywhere. <laughs> hey, we're doing all of it slightly wrong. It's just, just a little bit slower, I think. But my buddy Tom, when, when, when I was doing more SCCA club racing, my buddy Tom, he's, he's pretty, uh, he's a good joker. Uh, he and I are like similar pace, you know, we're like P4 kind of guys. And, uh, Tom was like, yeah, I mean, it makes me feel better when I say I'm within like 3% of the fast guys. <laughs> 3% on a hundred second lap. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. It's only 3%. It, like, it reminds really me a little bit. Uh, what, what's the name of that gentleman that's at Barber that Andrew was talking about where, you know, sometimes as like an instructor or a coach, he'd just be like, you know, you're just, you're just not doing it that good. <laughs> Oh, I have no idea. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty harsh commentary, though. A- a- was it Abe? Uh, a- Abram was his name. Ah, oh, fuck. I hate that guy. Okay. <laughs> but, but speaking of the balance, you know, that at Barber, I'm out getting a rush three or four laps at a time, um, and then coming into the pits and watching Ron and Andy hot lap the trainers be like man i wish i could hot lap him like that but then you get in the trainer and wish you got the rush uh then we look at eric rockwell out in his tcr car doing 20 minute sessions and really fast laps and that's the balance that we all need so we all need to go everybody needs yeah everybody needs hundred thousand dollar tcr cars right and then we can run fast laps for 20 minutes a session and get the best of both worlds what? what's a what's a tcr car run do you know at barber i don't know i, I actually don't know but the, i, I don't like think that they had uh, i don't think they had slicks on this weekend i think they were running a uh, like it looked like a street tire i don't know if i didn't look that closely but when i was on track that's kind of what i saw um, because i got passed by everybody um, I, I really didn't hold anyone up. So for that, I was pretty proud because uh, Alex told me that I was literally going to be run over by the entire advanced group. 
And he really had me worried about it, actually. I was really self-conscious. But, um, like, I don't know. For the most part, people just whipped around me. It was fine. I mean, it was weird because I was... I felt like I was like pushing pretty good, and we had a couple of times where uh, a couple of older BMWs and the Civic were battling back and forth, and that was a lot of fun. But like that group in general is just kind of fast, and there's some really fast stuff being driven there. And so like yeah, even even Brandon uh, whipped around us as if we were standing still. Is it open passing? How, do, how does Just Track it run it? Yeah, open passing with a point by, so you pass anywhere with a point by. Okay, uh, the fine. advanced group, and I think that top intermediate group but i'm not sure that's a good balance overall if you got an experienced group yeah pass yeah it's traffic becomes a complete non-issue if you can pass anywhere on track um right and it's something we need to do more of in the midwest i think <laughs> yeah after seeing it work well uh, that's sort of how we've gone to with grid life like it was it a safe pass like it's fine you know uh, yeah advanced um but yeah, beginner and intermediate stuff, you kind of got to give them a place to do it. But yeah, uh, yeah, there's it's really very track dependent, too. You know, um, yeah, dude, track and driver crowd dependent. So. Yeah, you so in my I, I posted a video of of the um, of one of our sessions. And and in that session, I got I caught up to this uh, GT3 RS that um, wanted to play a little bit and so we were we were going through traffic pretty well and uh, one of the things i noticed that that car would do was it would pass on the straights and then immediately get onto the racing line uh to hit the braking zones and i was i was always just a little bit nervous because you're not giving that car you just passed anywhere to go yeah you know and and i think yeah, you kind of. Well, also that same car. I remember from the it. video that same car uh, was trying to keep pace with you on its way in, uh, in and out of like turn five and six, and was was trying to accelerate hard and lost the tail end a decent amount enough to like just at that point be like, okay, go by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's about how it ended. It was, it was really just a about a lap I was following him for. But it was fun, and and it got the it, that got some of the excitement going. Even even short shifting, even not going full throttle all the time, it was fun to like start chasing cars. How many <laughs> uh, how many Facebook messages and comments did you get about short shifting? Oh my god, so many! So every single time we post something about this DCT, post a video, it's it's essentially a test mule car at this point, and it's it's slowly morphing into a race car. So Andy, Andy's been driving up and down the road with it, trying to get it tuned. Um, and it's he just like threw a steering wheel in there, and, and the bolt pattern on the steering wheel was different to the hub we're using, so the steering wheel's crooked. Every comment on Facebook is, is you know, what's wrong with the alignment? Why is the alignment all screwed up on, on that, that car? Then I posted my video, and like, well, that's no fun. What's the point of an S2000 that only revs to 6,000 RPM? It's like is is day one, you know. <laughs> we're not pushing it yet. We're just testing this stuff. Yeah, so, well, that's the internet for you. That's what you get for showing people all the cool stuff you're doing. <laughs> it's like we've got. Hey, we've taken this transmission that was in a BMW, put it in the S2000. It shifts super awesome. We've got all this pedal shift stuff. Wow, why are you guys only revving to six thousand? Is there something wrong with the trans? Something wrong with your engine? <laughs> Oh my gosh, never doing the swap. 
<laughs> right. That's fine. Maybe zero zero of that. ten would not recommend. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's that's all fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. Uh, I think. I think it's cool that you know you loved the trans in a previous car you owned, um, and you're putting right. it in. Like, I think that's to me that like you knew you wanted to do this eventually uh and you're figuring yep. out how to do it uh and it's not easy it's 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 more work than building like it sounds like building the entire car um yeah but, uh, but it's coming together i th I really I, to me i think that's it's tough progression but it's like it's cool to see the sport going to me this is like good for the sport i i like agree when, um like I, I just think it's just it, it like that's how you that's how you see new and different things is when people overcome stupid hurdles and they like follow a passion project down into the wormhole. And all of a sudden, like uh, a baby GT3 uh, PDK car comes out and it's an S2000 and it's green. It's got a BMW product in the middle of it. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll, yeah, this, I'll agree this, on that. Alex, please go ahead. Yeah. This also, it, it, you know, there's been several stages of where this, this started so the the original idea started before supercase started right it was i got this m3 in 2011 it's like man this this trans would be awesome in an s2 so that's like the first seed the next that and then you forget about that and then we took right after we supercharged it we took it to ncm um and i think you came to ncm that weekend yeah that was the last weekend that oh, i tracked yeah. the evo yeah right yeah. So, so we took it to NCM, supercharged, and, you know, it's the fastest thing in the world, supercharged. Um, Pete, um, who you guys all know, excessive Pete, um, he didn't have a car that weekend, so he went to Enterprise and he rented an Aston Martin Vantage. Oh, I remember that. Abe right. sent me pictures. <laughs> so, so we got into, oh, supercase is the fastest thing in the world. It's, it would just destroy that Aston Martin, which it did on track. Um, but we took a quick detour to Mexico and, and lined them up. And the only reason Super K lost to that car was the shifting. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, man, we got to fix that. Um, and then obviously Jackie and the Supra, and that's our big deficit to Jackie. Um, so, you know, the, it becomes kind of to the forefront again. And I think it was Pete again who who then said, who sent me a this group for um, a company that was making um, these uh, controllers. And it's not the company we ended up going with, but but they had it working in these swaps. And there's Miata out there had it and and stuff like that. So so that's when it became a you know a talking to Andy. Okay, seriously, I'm going to start buying parts. Do you want to do this? And he said yes, and and that was easily eighteen months ago, middle of middle of twenty nineteen. I would say that. Yeah, was, I remember. Yeah. Um, what was it, September or so of twenty nineteen? Uh, you and I and Ashley and I think someone else. We were all sitting in the truck uh, in between. I think turn five and what is it, thirteen at Road uh, Road America, where we were doing the the bracket competition between those those sections. Um, right. and that was where you and I were talking about it. Uh, Adam and I knowing that, um, it was an allowed thing to do because, uh, the, the definition for a sequential transmission, uh, was, was set prior to that. Um, and 
the of we, course we literally talked about it like three years ago. We were like, well, BMWs would be in street mod. Like, why couldn't other rear-wheel drive things use that trans? Like, they could use the motor in trans. You know, like use whatever street mod. So, right, yeah. So, so yes, we were talking at Road America doing timing for the brackets. And then I talked to, um, I got talking to Mike Pagano somehow and found out, you know, thinking I was super clever. And I forget that, that we come up with this, this thing and, and it's, you know, this ingenious thing we've come up with. We talked to Mike Pagano. He's like, oh yeah, I'm totally doing that too. And, and then, um, got talking to Mike Lewin about it as well. Um, and he had plans to do it as well. So we all kind of, um, advance the ball and shared a little bit of research and, and things like that um, between the, the three of us to advance it. Um, but it was it was somewhat um, encouraging and also a little bit disappointing that, that this was not a completely unique idea and we weren't these super evil geniuses that had come up with this thing that nobody else had thought of. So uh, yeah. I think you and I at some point had talked about... Um the I guess the the conflict or controversy that is uh, surrounding this swap and 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 phrases like spirit of time attack get thrown around a lot. <laughs> um, I, to me, uh, spirit of time attack is build the absolute best mousetrap you can that fits the rule set. Like right. there is no you, there is no what's the right word? Um, there are no sacred cows in time attack, right? Like. Everything is up for grabs if it's allowed, and if and if you don't want to do it, or there's not a way to do it, um, make a new way, right? Like you either you either are willing to put the work in to go fast and to win, or you're not. And if you're not, that's that's not a slight on you. It's just that like other people want to win more. I mean, and and also like watching the last two seasons with. With Jackie, with this what it's got a ZF eight speed or whatever that thing is, um, yeah, in the Supra. I mean, and I drove his white one, his crashed Supra, uh, that at Midwest Festival this year. That trans is it's the exact same thing. <laughs> like, so it shifts yeah. just as fast. It's freaking crazy. Um, like we're all screwed. Like at some point we have to em- em- embrace the progression of automobiles. Yeah, like, like it's not uh, it's not all going to be 1990s five speeds. Oh, like, I feel very strongly that uh, some of these advancements um, do a lot to keep older cars relevant because right. without them, um, the ability like, to like Jackie's car in six months is going to be insanely fast. It's already insanely fast, and so. Uh, there will be more of those, and mm-hmm. his car is not particularly is not particularly unique. I'd say, I'm I can imagine um, like a Porsche 911 Carrera S, uh, which would be legal to uh, apply forced induction um, with 285s and a PDK. Like, yeah, that if you did the same amount of aero development and chassis development that you did on a Porsche that you have on the S2. Uh, yeah, I think the S or the Porsche would probably end up faster. I mean, and then there's also the argument of like, what if, uh, say, a Ryan Matthews put in the same exact engine, which would be allowed that, uh, you know, that uh, that Swenson has in his car. Uh, like, what if he had 200, 300, 400 more horsepower? What if Jackie, like, what if AMS and Jackie get together and they're like, hey, guys, it's allowed in street mud. Can we make... 1200 horsepower like yeah 
you can't. Like, at some point, the progression never ends. It's just a matter of, like, what are we arguing about? Are we arguing that, like, that right now this feels wrong? Like, to me, it doesn't feel wrong. It feels awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think... uh, Yeah, I I don't know know if I want to... I don't think we should be making rules to keep um, cards relevant. Um, but yeah. but no rules were made in this, right? This this is a technology advancement, not a rule change that has made this well, possible. And, and also, like uh, many years ago, uh, I said to Chris, and then I said to Abe, like Time Attack eats itself in a couple of years. Like this is gonna be done. And, like we're still here, <laughs> and it's it's still it eats itself, but like it also progresses. Well. Uh, I think both James James and Will would both say that the reason that each of them is fast is because they've been pushing each other. Right. If neither one of them exists, if one of them didn't exist, the other wouldn't be as fast. That's, Um, that's definitely true in street mode. Uh, I think what has, what we've seen the, this rapid acceleration of um, performance in this, the street mod cars is the fact that you have four or five cars um, and I'm not going to name them all because I'll forget someone there's probably six or seven uh, that are all willing to do what it takes to push each other harder which kind of forces everyone else to it's, it's like a poker game right where the the pot becomes hugely big because everybody's doubling down and everybody's willing to go in because they, th- they think they've got the winning hand. Well, that we've got four, five, six people all doing that right now. And, and so and you see the same thing. really high. <laughs> you know, we, we saw it in Unlimited years ago. Uh, we saw it in Street over the past three seasons. Like, you don't see it anywhere, like, more evident than GLTC because they're literally bumper to bumper. But, like, they wouldn't be going 37s or whatever the heck they're doing at Gingerman. Like, without three other people breathing down their neck like 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 pace like breeds pace like, like yeah. progression breeds progression well, and 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 frustratingly like as a as a more price sensitive person and and like spending sensitive person than i was 10 years ago uh like i hate to think about how much money is spent on these passion projects to win like an engraved piece of wood uh, at the same time, it's it's really fun to watch. And, well, but but know, also, I, like, this is like... This is what like, you do. This is what we do, man. This is, like, what we do. Like, we don't... <laughs> we, we, don't we don't collect stamps. We freaking ruin our lives with race cars. Well, and like, we, uh, you and I have and talked we live before a better about... life than most hobbies. Like, this is a better life than most hobbies. Like, I agree. This is... The, it's it's the wildest, craziest hobby that I do and that most people could do. But there's also a reason that it's been around for a hundred years. Right. Because it's like it's the sport of bad motherfuckers. This is hard. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really it's fucking hard. Awesome, dude. Well, I'm, like I'm I, not kidding. You and I have talked so, about this before. What I uh, as a perfect example, Katil uh, is known for being a very fast racer on track. He's a very intelligent guy. He's a good engineer. Um, but on the weekends, every single weekend, it seems he goes through with a fine tooth comb and figures out what he can do next to make the car better. It never ends, man. It's like, and, never and it's ends. not like he, there's never a point where he's like, no, it's just good. I'm just going to like, leave it. 
um, yeah, there's always something to do. And it's not because his car's a heap. It's because, like, well, everybody else is trying to get faster, so I got to get off my butt and do something. Right. <laughs> Isn't there, like, a, a saying in racing that there's nothing more expensive than spec racing? No, I, I believe that that's true. Actually, fortunes to get two horsepower out of the spec engine. There, there are spec Miata guys who, like, they'll buy 10 engines, and they'll dyno all the engines. And those engines are all assembled by like the best people. Yeah. And they pick the one that makes one more horsepower. <laughs> like, right. Uh, like that's a thing. Uh, it, it the crazy you can't like you can't fix racers like we're broken. None, <laughs> like none. The only way I fixed being a racer is like uh, personally by just hosting races because I don't have time to do it as much anymore. Like. Yep. It all it all yeah. gets spent. Like you use all of it. Like so like the 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 hardest part should be I have to make more money. How do I make more money so that I can spend more money on race cars? Like it, it's a it's a progress it, it's like a it's like it's the drive to wake up. Like it's the thing that gets you going. Uh is the fact that somebody else is also doing it and you want to beat that person. <laughs> So I, so I have stupid. an idea. Uh, it, it's late-ish, but if you guys are up for it, maybe we can transition topics and uh, start a second show where we get Alex's opinion on the newly announced class, and we can talk a little bit about it on Patreon. Oh, man, this is a, this is already a one-hour show. We've been talking about craziness. <laughs> I, I wanna, I'd be up for that, um, and, and I guess we'll find out if it happens. Tune in next week. Uh, but one one point I wanted to make, and, and this is something that, that kind of struck me um, during that, that video that I posted about how fast Time Attack is, um, and that is that, that we were out there in, in that video running the car at, it, my guess would be if we ran it to Redline, it would be making 420 wheel horse. I was shifting at 6,000 RPM. My guess is we were making 350 wheel horse. Uh, I wasn't going full throttle very often, which you can see in the video. I wasn't pushing it hard in the corners and we were keeping up with a GT3 RS on slicks. So we're the third fastest car in street mode right now behind uh, Jackie and Sean. Uh, keeping up with a GT3 RS running like 60%. And we were, I, I'm willing to, I don't know because I didn't spend a whole lot of time on, on lap times, but I'm willing to bet that Brandon in a street class time attack car was running faster than we were at that time. Confirmed. So, so a street class, lowest class as of this morning in grid life time attack cars are faster than Porsche GT3 RSs on slicks. It's pretty stupid. I mean, Brandon's Brandon's <laughs> so car is something fast. so out of the ordinary, and I think um, it it's like, just like a st it's a stock S fifty four in an E thirty six that's just sorted. Yeah, it's it's really good, and he drives it a lot. But like, I also think that it's kind of the perfect formula at a track like Barber that is so right. uh, like it, it doesn't favor momentum cars necessarily, but like momentum but cars makes, have yeah, strength it, it, there. It makes that car better than some of its parts. Like the track is good for that car and the car is good for that track. And so he was running, I think, 35s like consistently all weekend, which is darn fast. And 
they now have a plan for the th- the changes they want to make before the street class season starts at 10 cm yeah <laughs> it never ends man like people people are like oh it must be so cool uh to be in charge of the series and i'm like no this is the worst thing ever <laughs> it's so terrible <laughs> But people live and breathe this stuff, right? This oh, is the like, worst. This is what gets people out of bed in the morning and motivates them to go about their lives is, is this. At the same time. Yes, that's true. But at the same time, on any given day, Adam, how many angry emails and text messages that you do, do you get about us doing something wrong or, or destroying Actually, what we've built? I actually don't get a lot of angry messages. I think people stop sending me those. There's not really a lot of angry people. There's like always like one or two. So, <laughs> but, uh, and, 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 and sh- before we end this one in stark contrast to like uh, a couple of people being crabby about DCTs, um, I think, uh, and, and those people mainly are crabby because they don't have the, they don't have an off the shelf bolt in DCT. That's easy to do. And not, not that yours is a bolt in, but like, it's, <laughs> it'll sort of work, you know? Um, and, and I, and I, that sucks. I feel bad for that. Especially like these people try really hard and they have a, they've chosen a difficult platform and they know that I love them and I feel bad about it. But, but we, we say uh, specifically in the rules that parody is not guaranteed. Well, yeah, but in stark contrast to anything crabby, um, uh, I and I'll and we can probably end the show here. I and I woke up this morning like in like a, a kind of a white knuckle panic. I went to bed last night like stressed because like we we were gonna launch Gold Pass today, and uh, Gold Pass for people who aren't in the grid life world but hear us talk about grid life is season pass. Uh, basically, you can choose four to eight events, so you're that's a gold pass. You know, you're buying you're buying more than one. It's and you get some discount and you get some cool swag and stuff. Another perk is you get the ability to purchase ahead of time from like the yeah. the general individual events, and some of and our events sell out very quickly. Butt to buy it on time. Yeah, some of them sell out pretty fast. Midwest Midwest Festival sold out in forty five seconds. So, um, so Gold Pass is is kind of a it, there's a reason that it sells fast because some of these events sell out pretty fast. But um, Gold Pass in three weeks or two weeks last year sold as much as we sold in like three hours today. It was just totally freaking crazy. Um, awesome. I'm, I'm I'm straight up like humbled. I, I didn't think it would happen either because like. The last 12 months, I don't know if anybody's like watched the news, but the last 12 months kind of sucked. Um, and it's like, uh, it's hard to do things nowadays. Uh, and I, I just didn't expect a lot of people to still be that gung-ho about having fun with race cars. Uh, but race cars ain't dead. Um, COVID hasn't killed race cars. I feel like the sport, uh, you know, the sport is going to keep going. I, I, th- I literally thought in March, like, there is no way we're going to exist in a year. Like, and to see, to see this happen, is just, it's just so humbling. So i really appreciate all the gold pass supporters. It's, uh, it's been a freaking year, but, um, I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad that we got to go through this year with the people that we got to go through it with. So, so anyway, thanks um, for listening. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we're on, I think like all the platforms, I think we got I, added to Amazon so. music. So like, if you use Amazon Music, you can listen to the Slip Angle podcast. But you right, can listen to the Slip Angle podcast before on like other stuff. But we're like we're in lots of places, so like enjoy our show. And uh, if you have friends that don't listen to it but do track day stuff, 
tell them about it. And uh, yeah. if they don't do track day stuff, get them to come to an event. Yeah, that's how the hobby grows. So appreciate uh, the support of Apex Pro. Uh, of uh, uh, We have new support coming from FCP Euro. Our buddies at FCP Euro coming back for a while. And uh, check them out if you want lifetime warrantied car parts. If you need... Uh, you need to buy brake pads one time. That's the place to buy them. SP Euro. And uh, also the Patreon listeners, we appreciate all y'all so much. So FCP Euro sells DCT fluid, and we have bought a lot of it from them. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you have. All right. So uh, we're going to change over, guys. If you want to continue the conversation, uh, join us on Patreon. We love you all. Thanks. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pits of Grid Live to say hello. Hello.